Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chatting with PTs. This is a series where we chat with health professionals from a wide range of backgrounds. This week we sit down with the confidence coach, Alex Gribbin. He's a former Royal Marines commando, which if you aren't familiar with, is an elite fighting force that makes up one of the five fighting arms of the Royal Navy. His journey into the Marines though was not plain sailing, with loads of knocks including dealing with failure and injury. He now uses all of this experience and knowledge to coach men in building their confidence both physically and mentally. Before we get into his story, however, we are going to tackle his uh, three top gym pet peeves like we normally do. And I'll tell you what, these are probably some of our best um, best ones that we've had to date. Certainly a good laugh anyway. Uh, and in the midst of all of that, we had Tom, um, which the title somewhat alludes to, giving us a tale of public toilet romance. <laughs> so yeah, let's get into this week's episode. somewhere (laughs) (laughs) and we've just gone live (laughs) yeah we've just gone live uh five seconds prior to that we was actually talking about my drinking issue but we could luckily we glossed over that straight away (laughs) wasn't even on the countdown i didn't have to bring it to attention but we did anyway you know it's it's a cry for help you need to stop you need to stop joking about this tom i know technically could you count a shandy isn't really like you know, Shandy isn't really like alcoholic, seriously, is it? Ah, you'd be all right. You'd be all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, Shandy's all right. It depends how many Shandys you have, I suppose. I mean, like, no, you've never read like you know like when you see those stories in America. It's like, oh, Florida man burns down Kentucky fried chicken after ten vodka red balls, whatever. And to be yeah, fair, yeah. it's quite mild. But you never really hear a story about like man goes on the rampage in London Zoo after downing ten Shandies. But I suppose it's kind of like exercise, really, isn't it? You know, it's at the end of the day, the, the poison is in the dose, so it depends how many shandies you're having. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Alex. Yeah, I'm, it's brilliant. Brilliant. I feel like we just need to move this conversation on, Tom. <laughs> okay. That's I'm ready to move on when you guys are. Can guys you swear are. on this? Because I, I, I just so I don't slip them out in case. Can you swear on this or no? Not like... I mean, mm. to be fair, mate, we have got a swear word in the title, so... See, nice. Yeah, yeah. we're allowed yeah, to fair. say cock, shit, cunt... <laughs> Flaps. There's no, there nothing really. There's nothing really we can't say. I don't think there's nothing we've not said. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go wild. It's, it's going to get worse. Um, right, Brilliant. Right, let's get into it. So, welcome to the welcome to the show, Alex. Uh, we're going to start this episode how we start every Chatham PT's episode, and that is we're going to get straight into it. Your your top three gym pet peeves. Now, before we get into it, we are going to rank these on our very unique ranking system, which which. Okay. Tom is now going to leads talk into our language barrier, doesn't it? Go on, Tom. <laughs> so, in sport and exercise, particularly weight training, we have something called the RPE scale, which is rate of perceived exertion. We're on a one of on a scale of one to ten, how difficult something is. Now, in regards to our gym pet peeves, we have the RPC scale, which on a scale of one to ten, rate of perceived country. <laughs> basically one being Joe what that's not that country actually that's okay I can I can I can witness that and you know tuck myself into bed and just not think of it anymore but then you get like 10 which is like it's so pure country like, that yeah. like you you actually you know you do consider down in 10 shandies and going on a rampage and going on a rampage I love a shandy <laughs> that as well getting them dosed up on shandies let the animals get in on it go yeah hit me with number one Alex let's go 
I'll try to put these in a way that's like, it, it makes sense. So I think the first one for me, okay, and I'm going to put these in like low to high so we, we work up to it. The first one for me is people walking into the gym wearing everything as if they're about to go for a 1RM. So they've got like <laughs> knee sleeves on, they've got weightlifting shoes on, they've got like straps on, they've got a belt on, they've got chalk on, but then they've just walked to the gym with it on. That That's the, that's one, that's I'd say that's what's probably up there. Why? Well, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's brilliant because that's so, we, I think we've not had that one, have just we? Just described Bill and his knee sleeves. Oh, honest to god honest to god i took a picture of this bloke as well i saw a bloke walk down the street clearly on the way to the gym and oh, i was bill. like i was like no probably is bill i was literally i, I don't know but it's but like i was i just think about it i'm like how how can like are you just preparing are you just preparing to snap into the lift as if like you're walking to the gym and be like right there we go i'll go straight into it i just i i've never understood that but yeah that's definitely i, I, I probably would say that's like a start Alex. level for me go on go on <laughs> As, as a mili- as a mili- as a military man, think of these words. All right, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Professor, Is it your right. seven P's. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't remember. But yeah, it's like, it's like piss poor performance Was equals piss poor planning. Proper planning and preparation poor. prevents piss poor performance. But, there you go. On, Something along yeah, those lines. Well, it involves a lot of but piss. Basically. <laughs> a lot of piss. I just I just don't get the logic of it. I'm like, where's <laughs> where are you like? Are you prepared? Go straight into it. Is that like you just you, you know? Surely you're uncomfortable. Surely you're walking into it like that position uncomfortable. But yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty high up there, definitely. Another one for me would probably be, do you want me to just go rattle them off straight away? Oh, oh we let's got to rank quickly first. rank these first. Go on, Bill, you go yeah. first. Right. I think, fair play to them. Maybe they're very short on time. They want to go in there, 1RM, no warm-up, no rap warm-up. They're just going to go straight in and attack the barbell 1RM. I think, I think fair play to them. Time's a barrier. They're just removing that barrier by going in there. <laughs> I, think, I think, fuck them, let them do it. I want to right. see more full kit wankers around the world. If little Timmy <laughs> can go to a football game wearing full football kit and he can't even play football, then, then you know, fucking let let John go to the gym in a uh, knee sleeves, headband, wrist, you know, wrist straps, lifting shoes. Mm. To all to you do sound like you're projecting, curl. Bill. Sounds like you're projecting a lot of projection <laughs> there. You know, I, don't I can see you sweating. Wait, you're not sweating. You can't sweat because you're always caked in chalk and knee sleeves. <laughs> um, yeah. you, know, you can't physically sweat. Go on, Bill. What are, you rate, what are you rating this? What is going on here, Tom? Last week, it was fucking... Is this for last week, is it? Is this what yeah, I'm doing? getting my digs in now because you and that other fucker, Hannah, have been digging me out. Right. <laughs> right now, Go I'm going to say... How are you ranking um, this? I think there's no, there's, there's no harm in it, but it is pretty ridiculous. I'll probably say six. I'd say six out of ten, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's a warm-up for the country, basically, isn't it? Yeah, fair. Do you know what? Uh, this, has, this has tickled me, actually, because uh, I'm not even joking... About an hour ago, I was at work talking about the exact same thing with my manager. So that has given me a bit of a chuckle, actually. <laughs> um, I'll be honest and say, like, I'm at that point now in my life where I don't really care what people are doing as long as it's not causing harm to others. So for me, for me, in regards to how fucking annoying I find it, I'm going to say it's literally as low as a two. I really don't Ooh. give a shit. But, but... It does give me a chuckle in a good humoured way. Like when you see people that are so, they've more or less like immobilised themselves completely. And you see it a lot with like powerlifting, equipped powerlifting, when their knees are so, not even like with knee sleeves, but with like tape. They've taped up all of their joints and they're walking like a tin man to the platform. Do you know what I mean? They can't bend, so they're just kind of like, you know, when you're moving furniture and you're doing the pivot. 
and they've got to physically pivot their way to the squat rack because they've taped up their joints, they've got belts on, they're chalked to their that they're chalked up to their tits. Um, it is more humorous as well. If anything, I suppose I feel sorry for them, if anything. Um, it's even more humorous when you see this happening in like more of a commercial gym. So I work in like a commercial gym where it's more, it's more for like the general population, you know, and then you've got little old Brenda or old Glenn who's just doing a couple of remaining deadlifts with just a barbell, nothing else. But then next one, they've got someone that's coming fully equipped, blaring death metal through their headphones. And yeah, like they've got that ROM of two inches because they physically can't because they've duct taped their fucking kneecap shut. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. It's more funny than annoying, I'd say. But that that did tickle me because, yeah, I'm literally just talking to my manager about it. I'd say, I'd say that's probably my start. That's probably a start one, like you say, because it doesn't necessarily affect other people. Yeah. Most the, the ignorance to it of like, are you just ready now? Are you just needing to be ready now? Or it, or it's almost as if like, I, I think... All the gear be, surely, and no idea. It's got to be. I was going to say, it's got to be. Surely it's a case of yeah. they've bought everything and gone, well, I must have to wear it into the gym. And then you're like... Uh, maybe it's just yeah. you haven't figured it you out know yet. what we've kind of spoken about that before actually like a lot of people just want to just like they want to have the accessories yeah they just want to wear the accessories to the gym without even knowing what the fuck they're doing it for in the first place have you, but yeah it is it is more of a comedic thing have you seen uh, have you seen the videos of like the blokes doing presses with like like straps on so they're doing like they're like strapping themselves in to do a press and then you'll be like why like, where's the logic of it? Where's the, where's the logic of that? But I think that's funny. But I say that's like my yeah, start. Yeah, I get what you mean, like... yeah. <laughs> So I think, yeah, I think mirror space is always a big thing. If you're doing something, particularly where you're trying to watch form or technique or whatever, and then some bloke steps in front of you, or even if it's the other way around, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's, that pisses me off. That's frustrating. Like taking someone else's, like, form feedback, really. <laughs> Yeah, I get what you mean. We've had we've had mirrors come up before of people like hogging the mirrors or being in front of the the dumbbell rack where the mirrors are. Mm. Um, it's basically just personal bit of awareness, isn't it? Personal awareness, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. even a bit, isn't it? People gym etiquette. It comes under gym etiquette, doesn't it? Which is a big one. We get a lot of gym pet peeves under gym etiquette. Yeah, exactly that. A lot, a lot of it is even like. Imagine you get phones, don't you? Imagine you get phones. People coming on quite a lot and being like, people sat on equipment but on the phone. And then it's like, obviously, it's just etiquette of like, it, it's a gym, like, there's only limited equipment, there's only limited space. Yeah, I'll get you. And obviously, the mirror thing, if you're actually using the mirror for a function instead of just uh, yeah. checking out your biceps, then um, yeah, I can see why that might be uh, quite far. Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really, it doesn't irritate me too much, but I can see why it'd be irritating, especially if you're, I mean, what would be worse if you maybe using, a, if you've got a client, if you're training a client and you're telling them, right, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror or you're using the mirror to kind of, you know, Move, move them around a little bit and then someone just sort of walks in front stops for a little bit looks down on their phone and then walks off again I can imagine that being really frustrating <laughs> yeah um, fair. yeah. so I think it's supposed to context, context dependent on my own I won't be too bothered but if I was with a, a client or something I'd be a bit like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> Gal, yeah. move out the way yeah. especially when they can normally see you, they can normally see you doing something as well can't they um, yeah yeah <laughs> once again for me I'm going to say six I think on this one six, six. fair enough I'll fair say enough. six hmm. yeah um, I think he pretty much hit on the head there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go for six as well. Um, it doesn't oh, nice. annoy me too much. I've, I think that's because I tend not to focus on the mirror, or I don't tend to get my clients to focus on the mirror as well. Um, however, it is just simple etiquette. Like if 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 you could if let's just say that like, I was focused on the mirror, I was getting a client to focus on the mirror. It's very obvious. 
it's very obvious when you you were looking in the mirror, and it should be obvious to other people as well. And for them just to come and like fucking stand in front of you, and let's be honest as well, like if like there's very limited space in that area, and they've got no choice but to kind of get in your way in front of you, then you can kind of understand it a bit more. But usually in mirrored spaces like that, there's usually a lot of room. So just to get in front of someone is usually a big piss take. Although saying that, uh, for example, my gym, we've got three squat racks. Only one side, though, is mirrored, but they're double-sided squat racks. So if someone is looking at their squat or deadlift in the mirror and all the other spaces are taken up and I want to kind of get in the rack and the only choice I've got is getting in front of someone, then they're just going to have to take the hit there. Do you know what I mean? But if it's in like a studio area... It's kind. Of, it's kind of like being in the in the, in the public toilets, and all of your rhinos are free, and you're having a piss, and all of a sudden, some massive guy just comes up next to you, and just starts taking a piss in front of you, right next to you. It's like you you could have gone like three three your rhinos down. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, you just grab my dick right. at this point. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what have you, have you compared it to that? Got, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks. Let's quickly move on. Oh dear. Let's move on to number three, Alex, before um, Tom Tom goes off the rail. That diet I'm, coke, mate. Send you. Brilliant. Are you sure I sent you diet coke? That happened to me at a toilet in Leeds train station years ago, and it fucking frightened me because I was only in my late teens and I fucking ran out there. Some massive guy, on? fucking some. This was at the height of cottaging, you know, when blokes were trying to pick up other blokes in toilets. Because I remember fucking George Michael got done for it. And uh, God bless his soul, you know, rest in peace, George. I was in a fucking train station in Leeds having a piss and some massive guy comes up next to me and looks at me and starts, you know, tugging one out. And uh, yeah, that's Leeds train station for you. How we even got onto this conversation, I don't know, but I've never run so fast in all my life. I remember coming out, my missus going, what's wrong, what's wrong? I was like, I just, just want to go, I just want to go, I want to go. And now I drive up north. Brilliant. <laughs> do you watch uh, Rick and Morty? Do you watch Rick and Morty? I do indeed. Do you watch? You know what? I'm <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to say. King Jelly he's Bean. He's in that toilet, and he's there, uh, like, yeah, with the jelly bean. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was me. That was me. <laughs> I wasn't touched corner, though. Coward. I just want to say that I wasn't touched. <laughs> I got out there aggressively quick. wanked at. Alex, I feel like you need to. Um, any of your any of your circle who are going to listen to this, I feel like you're going to give a warning before they listen because this is not what they expect. They expect a nice bit of story, Tom of Alex, and it's yeah. and it's uh, Tom Tom getting tugged off in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm glad we can what, share what these pet moments. Are getting wanked at. <laughs> That's going to get edited. Because <laughs> to be honest with you, this is this is usually a story that my missus brings up in front of people, and usually I'm, I don't want to talk about it. So it's actually a first for me. I'm opening up. Nice, nice. My missus like, like in front of the family gathering. Do you remember that time when that guy accosted you in the toilets? And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Can we talk about something else? Do you take that as a compliment, or do you take it as like, do you take it as he thinks you would find that acceptable, or do you take that as like, oh, I thought oh, he's all right, like you know. Uh, if I'm going to pick anyone out of here, I'll well, it's better than it. what Rolf did to you, Tom, isn't it? Do you know what, Bill? I was going to bring that up, but uh, <laughs> you're going to wrap it. You know, at least at least I was wanted. Fuck <laughs> yeah. One way or another. At least I was once. Let's not talk about this again. Feel needed. <laughs> brilliant. Exactly. Brilliant. For that split second, I know. Maybe I missed out. That was my real song, mate. Who knows? I never know. Yeah, we never, never know. know. Another life. <laughs> and another right. life. I'm still in Leeds train station toilet. Platform nine. Did you go back to that toilet? Did you ever go back? 
Did you ever go back? No, I drive now. I drive. I refuse to take the train. I'd, I'd say, yeah. I'd say, fuck me. <laughs> Brilliant. How have we got? To, this is carnage. This is absolutely carnage. No, I'll take carnage. that. I'll take that. Number three, Alex, let's go. Let's go to number three, four, Tom, Tom goes I'll up pro- I'll probably say phones. They've got to be up there somewhere, phones, of like people answering the phone in the gym, but then allowing themselves to have a conversation. Like if it, I just I just wouldn't answer or just hang up straight away because I'd be like, well, I'm just going to finish the next 20, 30 minutes. Like it, I'd just go cold if you're going to pick it up. and then, Unless it's obviously some bloke being like, why'd you leave me when I was wanking in the toilet? Like obviously, you know, you've got to speak to him then, but no. <laughs> <laughs> that was like George Michael's sons, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely say phones is a big one. That does piss me off, but I don't mind like texting or you know timing your sets or whatever. I don't, it's fine with that. Actually, fully blown answer. It's very context dependent, isn't it? Uh, well, well, go on, go on, go on. I think I think what you just said there is yeah, answering the phone and having like a full blown conversation. It's fine if you phone someone and say, "Oh, where are you? I'm just at the gym. I'll be back in twenty minutes." But if, if you as you said, if they get yeah. into, like a full conversation about the weekend. Especially yeah. the worst ones when they're like sitting on a bench or something, or they're in a machine, yes. or they're just standing in the way of cables and they're doing this. And it's like, well, what do you do at this point? And unless you're not, if you're not very confident, if you're someone who's quite new to the gym, you're not going to go, excuse me, can you move out of the way? Because you're probably a bit, you know, a bit nervous, um, which is obviously an issue because then they're stopping you using your kit. You might not, might not train then because of that person just having a phone call. I think you're right. If you're in the gym to train, why? I mean, unless you're using your phone to, you know, time yourself, or maybe you're getting some footage or something for the gram, that those sort of stuff, you know, that's a bit different. But if it, as you said, if they're in a full bone conversation, I think that context alone, that's probably yeah, I'll think about eight, just because it's not. I mean, just tell them you're busy. Tell them I'm at the gym. I'll call you later. So, do you watch? Do you watch Love Island? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's like I'm hoping this is gonna go. I'm hoping this is not. gonna go the right way. Good, good, good. Right, that's what I that's what I had. I had a bloke, I had a bloke where he was sat <laughs> doing curls and then answered the phone talking about and then he was like, Oh, are you watching Love Island tonight? I was thinking that kind of the fact that you've opened up a new conversation about something that's gonna be lengthy, I was thinking you don't give a shit. Like you're just here to I just it just it just baffles me. It just baffles me. I'm like, it just doesn't make it's madness. It's madness. I tell my lads to put their phone on airplane mode. I'm like, go it's in airplane Alex, mode. If they're, if they're watching if they're watching um Love Island they're pro- they're probably just in there to do a few curls, get a spray tan, and disappear. Uh, uh, and I'm being honest, if they if they watch that sort of TV, um, yeah. To be yeah. honest with you, if they're already having a lengthy conversation about Love Island, and already that's a conversation that's longer than any of the actual conversations that actually happen on Love Island. I, I honestly don't, Joe. We're going. To, we're, we're doing this. We're going to talk about Love Island. It's yeah, go on, now. go on. We become uh, a Yeah. This right. This is this is fucking RPE. RPC fucking 11 plus. This is off the charts. Can I-, I specific this? Can I specific this? So can I make it that my pet peeve is blokes doing curls and then in between talking about Love Island on the phone, not just being on the phone like, and having that lengthy conversations. That is specific. I'll take that. I'll take that as that. I'll take it's that justified. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I don't get though. All of the people on there are so fucking boring and personalityless, And it's what I don't get. And I've asked my missus this, is that they do this whole thing where they get dressed up and doled up to pretty much go and sit exactly where they were sitting in the daytime and having breakfast earlier. And it's like, you always get there, oh, oh, let's go for a chat, let's go for a chat. What have you got to chat about? Anything you had worth saying was fucking spunked on in the first two minutes of the show. These people <laughs> have nothing to say. That is my living personal hell. I suppose what that show did is prepare people for what a lockdown would be like in a large family. 
if you're in a large family, that's just they're prepping oh you. Oh my for god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell. 20, 20, 20, 30 yeah. people locked in a, yeah, pretty much. I think it is a bit of a mad it's just madness, isn't it? Madness. I mean maybe it's a social experiment. I mean maybe it's maybe it's kind of like the proving grounds, the prototype showing that we can lure these people to a remote island. Perhaps we you know, could nuke it from orbit? Who knows? You know, <laughs> oh god, it's just a thought I'm throwing out there. Maybe we could snowball it. Uh, napalm, we could bring napalm back. You know, napalm's due its return. Um, yeah, just just a thought. But yeah, going back to the original uh, pet peeve, kind of like what you alluded to, Bill. Like some people to use their phones for like tracking their their workout so i i track my training through google drive which is on my phone this is the problem with phones nowadays is phones are an integral part of people's lives now it's their work it's their social life it's their music as well that's another big thing i'm notorious for fucking having my phone between sets during rest periods but that's because i'm yeah. usually trying to find songs i'm one of those people where on my workout playlist it could be heavy metal you know it could be metallica it could be fucking Slayer. But then all of a sudden I've got Dolly Parton on there, which can throw me off. So I spend a lot of time flicking through things to try and get it into the right mindset. So with that, I can be a bit more lenient. But yeah, if straight away someone is about to have an actual phone call on the, on the whilst on the machine or using a piece of equipment, if it's going to be long enough that it's going to cause convenience, you need to basically pack up your shit and go into a corner and continue that phone call. Your, your time on that equipment should be done. You know, so for me, that is, yeah, that is actually going to be a solid nine having a lengthy phone call or a lengthy text session and it's not even a rest period, you're just fucking about on the machine. Yeah, that's high up there. That's probably that's probably one of our best pet peeve conversations that's gone we've gone fucking conversation again. I could already say see Bill saying, yeah, that could be a new rating system actually. <laughs> oh great. Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> right. Um like if if you get ten out of ten for the pet peeve, whatever it is yeah, Who would you have to get pushed toilet. into a toilet by? <laughs> Rolf Harris, Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Why have you brought... Well, you've got to have well, it, really. You know, it's, it's, well, that's, it's, you're basically thinking about the old ranking system, Tom. It's you're not basically chat bringing shit, get fit without digging up Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Brilliant. Suddenly, it's getting accosted by, uh, you know, George Michael in the toilet doesn't seem as bad anymore. When we have the other contenders. <laughs> Oh dear. Going oh. swimming with Michael Barrymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. Please Fuck. stop. That's got to get edited out. <laughs> right, let's move this on. Let's move this on to uh, the, ne- the next part of the show, which is... Um, I say it's not going to be as crazy, but who fucking knows, right? So we're going to go into a bit of a, we're going to go a bit of a story, bit of a story time now, Alex. So what I'm going to start with really is your health and fitness. Has it always been a big part of your life? Because from if my research proves me proves me right, you joined the Marines, and that's that was obviously a huge part of your life. A lot of mental and physical uh, fitness is required to join the Royal Marines. Um, I don't know is kind of is that shaped you into kind of who you are today because you are now known as a confidence coach. Um, and if my research even more proves me right. I found out that you actually failed a part of the uh, Royal Marines towards the end, and then you were injured for a long time, which is another fucking mental and physical challenge in its own. Yeah. So I want to basically know is this whole process is would you would you agree with me saying that has shaped you into what you would class yourself as a confidence coach? 
I think to start off with, I've seen a lot of penises. That would definitely be right up there with with <laughs> just to go in. Just just following on from what we've already talked about. I think um I think so yeah. Yeah, follow it, yeah. We'll keep it the keep it the same theme, yeah. We all know about the shower lesson. Yeah, I know, I was gonna say that like... <laughs> I think so. Like, um, do, do you want like the full story, kind of from younger to now? Do you want like a, a yeah, bit go, of a yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think like <laughs> I sort of wrote some notes, and I've, I've touched upon this a few times. In obviously not just about penises, fucking hell, but <laughs> it's the diet shaped your person now. But I think, um, <laughs> fucking hell. So, like, as a as the a first, kid, the first navy person we have on the podcast, straight in. <laughs> no, just expected. <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah, fair. <laughs> brilliant um i think so like yeah for me i was i was when i was younger i was quite you know i was quite heavily dyslexic lad like um i failed a majority of my gccs really i think i passed every, i passed most of what i needed to get into the core apart from english and um that was always i think like from a young age that was always kind of drilled into me that i wasn't ever really going to do anything that was something that was really heavily sort of pushed in by english teachers or people i had those i don't know if any of you lads are dyslexic but i had those like massive fat yellow glasses and that was um yeah that was always a huge thing that really like i think as a, as a young child i was just very heavily underconfident because of that sort of constantly you know wound into that position um and then led up to seeing a load of dicks now obviously not um but, <laughs> but yeah i think that was something that like from a young age was always sort of drilled into me that like you're not really going to make it very far you're not really going to do anything this is just you now um you know and that's quite deep but that was that was that was it really it was like right you failed pretty much most of your gccs you're fucking not going to go to university there's probably not going to be that much for you and then i remember sort of like i worked in like burton's i don't know if you remember that. i think they're closed down now obviously like top man and stuff have gone cool, went into like yeah went into like factory kind of work those kind of things very like you know like i'm not slating that that industry but very easy to come by work that was kind of the process i was going into um and i didn't really i just didn't really know what i was doing i'll be honest with you sort of like you know you talked about like i was was health and fitness like a big thing with you from the age of kind of 15 i was in the gym and i was always like i was always introduced to the gym by like friends by those sort of people a couple of mates i had were were joining different services they were either joining the ref they were joining the army they were joining you know different things they were going into that kind of element and um it was always a big thing where i was like okay you know that's probably going to be some interest i could actually see myself you know, being proud of something for once. Because that was always when I was younger, it was just like, just kept failing. I just kept failing shit, really. That's the best way to describe it. I then, um, off the back of that, I decided I was actually going to take it quite seriously. I was like, this is something I actually need to, you know, work behind me. So I did, I think I did two years work and saved for those two years. And then I ended up going to a military prep college, which was Bicton College. And it was run by a guy called um, Di Phillips, who's actually an MBE. He's like a ex-Royal Marines major. Um like it's just scary like i don't know you probably obviously i know i think it was bill you said you're you're just leaving the army now aren't you 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 know those boats are like old school like very old school like he was like six foot four welsh bold and just like like 50 but just massive and um it was like it was that type of bloke where you like you would be like he's clearly drinking like drinking whiskey and like not even be bothered he was like yeah i've got like 10 houses and i've had five wives like it was like that kind of guy um, if he's what he, I hope he's not watching this, but like he's just an absolute legend. He was just a legend. And I remember when I first went, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like join the army as a chef, or like I'm, you know, not really sure what I wanted to do. And he was like, no, not joining the marines. And I was like, right, okay. And there was like a group of us that he kind of was like really focused on making sure we got in. 
Um, and I think that was, for me, it was like, I still wasn't really sure of myself, still wasn't really like, you know, I didn't really know, could I do this? Could I achieve that? I remember like I had summers in between where I went and worked back at the factory that I was at before. And um, there was a couple of lads who were either ex-army or, you know, whatever. And they were like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go and try and do that. Like, cause I think lads do like either a, you know, just in general with the Marines or just in that kind of thing, it's kind of people go, oh, you just won't be able to do that. Like, it's just one of them things. So like, you know, lower your expectations. And that, to be fair, for, for my whole life, that has been a recurring theme. People just saying, you can't do that. Don't try. Uh, yeah, so that, that pissed me off a bit, really, for quite a young age. So I was quite an angry young man. Anyway, finished this course, finished this sort of two years um, with Di and doing all the prep. Sorry, Alex, if I just quickly jump in. So that, that course you did, what, what was that? Like a two-year a two thing, was it? Just like, was it basically like army cadets, but full-time? I don't, I, I just, you, I've you never heard of you, it before. It just sounds a bit, right. sounds mad. You can, you, like can, t- you can look it up now. It's the first The first one we did was the first course that he actually ever built. And Di's built, um, he's built a business out of it and he sells that course around places to different colleges. But it's, um, you live on, so it's the one I went to was in Victon, which is just outside of Limpston in Devon. You live on the on the actual grounds of the college for two years. It's like an agricultural school. So like um, horse riding, farming, that kind of stuff. It's very like, you know, that kind of um, that kind of place. You live there for two years. As you say, it's kind of like the army cadets in the sense of like, it's like a uniform and public service course. Like you, you sort of just live there. You like do everything to try and, you know, basically not pretend, but practice what you would do in the Marines, really. So you did like map reading, you did like, you know, like exercises, those kind of things. You went through all that really for like two years. You you went down and did like, I think you did like a couple of mock PMCs, so like what you would do before joining the Corps um, and that, that sort of stuff really. So yeah, it was like a prep, it's a prep course really before you then go in. Um, it is a good idea because I know a big thing and you'll probably maybe agree with this, Billy, or like, I, I don't know, Tom, were you in or are you in now currently or like? Um a reservist looking at currently getting out so completely okay. different in a way <laughs> but i think i think what a lot of lads struggle with especially young lads um is when you join the army the marines any service any service at all where you're going to live there um i think what a lot of, even reservists honest, what a lot of lads struggle with is that they've lived at home the whole time especially i'd say you know if you're going to go in like to something quite a big deal and then you go straight into you're in a fucking man's world or, you know, you're in a, you're in that kind of world, you're in that environment. You've never washed or ironed your own clothes. And suddenly you've got some bloke shouting at you at not making fucking hospital corners. Uh, and, and yeah, so I think like- Staring my, at your my dick in the shower. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wanking at you. Obviously not. But <laughs> fucking hell. Going to get the whole core in distribute. But like, um, yeah, so it's basically a prep before that where you, 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 you know, you'd live on the camp, you do everything kind of similar. You know, you have to take care of yourself, do all your own shit really from like quite a young age. So it was good because it does prepare you for certain elements that maybe, you know, a normal- prep course or something else wouldn't because i think that's a big thing like my um i'll try and not go off on too much of a tangent because i will but like my cousin's quite a young lad he's like 16 17 and he tried to join the marines and the biggest thing i think he did suffer with was the fact that you know 16 17 year old lad never even lived away from home hasn't never had any responsibilities and then suddenly he's going in and it's like you're going from fucking zero to hero here you're not even going you know, in at a normal level where you're just doing your washing, you're doing all this mad shit. Obviously, lads know, like, you know, you're doing all this mad shit where you've got to, you know, perform to a certain standard, you've got expectations. 
and I think yeah, it's a good. It's a, it is definitely a good course. Like um, I'm not sure what the actual like you know the course of it's called now, but it was down at Bicton College. Did two years there. That was really good. Um, prep to join, and then obviously like I say, went in. You know, I, I think I went in at 19, just about to turn 20. I think I literally turned 20 and just hid that while I was in training. Um, yeah, as, as as Billy said, same, like, t- same time I joined the army, actually 19. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's mad, it's fucking flown. But um, yeah, so I was like 19-year-old lad, joined, um, I got injured at week 20. No, sorry, I, I failed, sorry, I failed the um, bottom field pass out at week 20. Then with like with the core, you go into Hunter Company and there's two different sides of Hunter Company. There's Bamford, which is, no, sorry, there's, there's Hunter Company and then it breaks down into slightly different sections. So you might have lads are in Hunter Company, but they've, failed fitness tests and they're there for remedial fitness to then go back into training or you've got lads that are in hunter company and they're injured and they're getting you know rehabilitation and then they're going down that route so i can't off the top of my head i can't remember what the side of hunter where you basically just shit at fizz um <laughs> you go into but i end up in that position and then actually got injured in that position so i was like oh i'm shit at climbing ropes for me that was that was the hardest part and then went from there into um into like actual hunter I suppose in, in that sense, I can't remember the names for it, but yeah, in, in that side, and then end up injured. Uh, I tore my hip flexor, so that was a that was a pain in the ass. Um, and then I had seven months recovery and properly get back in, and then I, and then I went straight back into a troop. Luckily, there were certain things that I I wouldn't say skipped, but managed to get past, which was quite good, as in from rehab. Um, and like 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 Bill said there, like um that I think that was shit because you're kind of like I remember so many times being on the phone to my mum and dad and being like what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I still here? Why am I still going through this? And like, it is, it is like, you know, it is, it is like a lonely place, I think in training, especially at that point. But yeah, that's, that was crap. And then, uh, there was, I remember, like I said, sort of previously about like, um, you know, maybe people when I was younger and then also people when I was like, even at the college, just people saying like, I think you should probably just end it. Like you should, there's no real point, you know, you're, you're probably not going to make it. There's, you know, what you, there's some ridiculous number, like the amount of people that go and hunter never come out, like, and it's kind of was an ongoing thing. So that was a bit shit. Naturally, confidence is pretty low off the back of that. Um, I actually managed to say to finally actually get into training again. And then uh, from week 20 to like 32 was fine. Um, I wasn't, I'm not gonna lie. I was not the best recruit and I'll hold my hands up and fully admit like, I was never like an absolute gooch fucking operator. I was just surviving. I would say that's the best way to describe it. So like, um, yeah, off the back of that, really kind of push through training. I, I was, I was that geezer at the fucking back back. And then I remember like, I've told this story in a few podcasts though, about like, um, I was at the very back of the back for like all the tests for pretty much like the ones that you do individually, all the ones that you do like as a group. And then you, you know, you part your ways at a certain points. I remember like I failed everything as in that you do the practice runs for until the actual day and then on the day is the only day i passed any of the tests so i remember like the troop striper being like are you wow are you still here like how are you fucking still here man uh but yeah when i remember it, that being hilarious. doing it when it counts isn't it i suppose it's the most important That's, i think that was a big thing for me i don't know if they lie though because a few lads have said that a few lads have said like yeah we failed and they were like four or five different fucking you know like four or five minutes technically they would have been set up ahead of me so yeah, I think like a recurring thing for me was always just being told that it's not going to work for you. You can't do it up to that point, really. And then finally, obviously, actually fucking managed to do it. Um, yeah, and that was that was obviously quite a big thing. Like you say, like mentally and physically, I think that did that does teach you a lot of lessons. Just being in the military in general, I think will teach you a lot of you know lessons that you probably don't appreciate 
you know, that maybe others don't really understand. I think like there's certain skills, you know, even like discipline, structure, planning, you know, like you, like you said earlier, Tom, about like preparation. I think that we joke about it, but we know how to do it. First, I think there's there's a lot of lads, or even it's not necessarily it's not necessarily the young lads, like because I've got I'll, I'll sort of touch upon that in a minute, but like a varied age group of guys that I coach, and a big struggle you have is kind of blokes who are maybe in their thirties, forties who've never really learnt those skills at a younger age. So when they're at a point where they're in a you know a management role or in in a proper job role, or like you know I've got lads who are running businesses. When they're at that point and they've not yet learnt those skills, it's then a very serious problem. You know, from from eighteen to say twenty five, if you're maybe working under someone, they maybe do all the work for you, and you can get away with it because you just kind of, you know, the, you're the you're the black man. You know, you're the hidden sort of, you know, you're you're kind of hidden in the ranks or whatever. But I think when it gets to the point where people are given responsibility and they're like, "Fuck, I actually can't handle this because I don't have the skills to do it." So that's a yeah, I'll sort of touch upon that in a minute. But anyway, like a recurring theme. Um, was always for me like just getting fucking shit on really or just told that yeah you're not you're not going to be able to do this so naturally like just walked around quite unsure of myself really um, and then as I say passed out the call uh, I went and did two years at four five so I did like Norway um, all those sort of trips that was quite good uh, did two years in, in Scotland which was just living in the middle of nowhere um, there's some good piss ups there definitely a lot of toilet blokes but yeah <laughs> nah it was a good laugh and then went from there down to shit and I was down on <laughs> HMS, oh dear yeah yeah, yeah fair was, uh, and I went down there, there to ship and was on board HMS Albion for two years I got pinged for drives so it was a bit it was a bit of a shitter really it's one of those where I should have sorted my career out earlier um, but to be honest to be honest guys, like for me I, when I joined the call I, I kind of knew that I was only ever going to do minimum I was like, I'll do, you know, four years plus training, so five years or whatever, and that'll be me. Like, if I'm not going to go to uni, I'll do something different in that element. Um, yeah, and then left. And then, um, like you kind of alluded to earlier, Billy, about like, or you, you sort of sent a message earlier about um, going into the PT world. I think there's certain things that, like, if you've been in the military, you're going to do differently to other PTs. And I'm not slating civilians or anything around that. I would say the people in my gym, I would happily open and openly say this but the work ethic was just very different when I rocked up I, I you know when I first joined this industry or, or the personal training or coaching or you know fitness industry I think that was a big thing for me is that you, you suddenly realize that the skills like I talked about that you've harnessed you know for myself from like a 17 year old lad having lived away from home then you know given these responsibilities then going into the military then had to do all these things you suddenly realize quite quickly that you're you're just a different standard. And I'm not saying that to be big headed. I'm just saying that because it's a fact. Like if you've been in a military environment and you're put into a civilian world, you you, you act differently. You just do think differently. So I think I noticed that quite, you know, quite straight away. However, um, you know, my I'd say my leaving process was very fucking weird because I did things very backwards to probably what people should do. I wouldn't recommend doing this. So like I left as soon as I left, bought my first property. So I went from having like being in the military and having no bills to suddenly being out of the military with no set salary, you know, being in the military with a set salary and having no bills to being out of the military with no set salary and having like a mortgage, all this shit thrown on top of you. And that, I'm not gonna lie, that first six months was a fucking mental nightmare because it was like worrying about having to, you know, pay, yeah, it's just weird. It's just stupid. It was stupid looking back, but it's one of them like, it's worked out all right. But like, worried about paying bills, you know, adjusting to like civvy life as well. Like I remember 
you know, I'll, I'll sort of touch upon it because it's, it's probably something that needs to be talked about. I really like, I, me- I remember kind of like, so I was on ship with, you know, I don't know if you lads, you know about the rooms, don't you? Or like where, you know, when you live with a lot of blokes, you've always got someone to speak to in yeah. Like you've always, you just have, you always got like, someone you can yeah, chat yeah, course, to yeah. or like support support network around you yeah 100 percent. and like you've got people it's not even just chat to lads it's like you've got You're someone all who, in the same shit together basically yeah 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 exactly all in the same shit <laughs> like, yeah even like you know like even if you're just living on camp you've always <laughs> yeah. got someone you can go have a chat with or whatever so it went from it went from being quite a weird situation where i was like living with 40 30 blokes in one room really confined like you know some of my best mates and just you know doing all that stuff and then and then I went straight out and then I actually broke up with the girlfriend that I, you know, moved in with here or whatever. And then it was just me on my own. And I remember being fucking sat there thinking like, Jesus, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm literally just sat in this flat on my own. I've got fucking no one to speak to, or if I have got anyone to speak to, they're not, you know, I can't relate to them. I just can't have the same conversation with them. It's just a bit weird. I remember that being really fucking, there's some miserable points in that first seven months, definitely. Cause I just didn't have, I just didn't have anyone who fucking related to really. I remember that being a bit like Jesus. Um, yeah, but that, and then, and then I suppose there was a certain turning point. So that's the start of that process. Have you got any questions on that before I go into the next bit? Cause it gets a bit like quick from here, but, um, but yeah, but yeah, no, just, yeah, that was, um, that was like my first sort of process really. The interesting thing for me is it's just how your like last six, seven months just sounds so similar to kind of what like, I know I've gone through. I know another guy who's just literally, he's in the same boat. He's literally left, I think it was today, um, and he's in a similar situation where he's kind of like all over the place and I feel like he's going to go through a very similar journey to you having them like seven months. He, he had, he's had loads of stuff go wrong, so I'm not going to go into it because obviously it's, he's not here to talk about it, but he had loads of stuff go wrong. He's doing PT when he gets out, but it's going to be very stressful for him because he's going to go from having all these lads around him to talk to on a daily basis, having the laughs and stuff, oh, mate, and then to yeah. being alone and having you know, being alone with your thoughts can be very worrying. And I think people don't realise that how much people always go, oh, the army's shit or whatever. I can't wait to get out of the army. It's fucking bollocks. But then when they're out, they're like, oh, <laughs> mate, <laughs> what now? <laughs> even like, even like I'll, I'll talk about the, the, you know, the, the flip side of that, of the positives of the last kind of year and year and a half of, different things i've done but like um you know that first seven months like you think about like like you say billy like lads aren't even paying for toilet paper and i know this is this is how like molecular i kind of wanted to go into because it does make sense it's a relatable thing like you don't even pay for toilet paper in the core and then when you come out and you're sat there thinking like fuck me i've got a 1200 pound council tax bill for this year what the fuck or like or, or you're sat there going i've got to pay for toilet paper and bleach like well i've never done this like, or, you, or, you, or water, like, you, you, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, in, in, in the core, you're paying £98 a month, which you don't even see come off your salary. And, and then suddenly you're sat there going, I've got to manage my fucking water bill. And it's just, it's just weird. Like, it is just weird. And then you start thinking all these crazy, like you say, if you left on your own, it is a bit, yeah. L- luckily, as I say, kind of that was the first incident of, you know, why specifically I focus on, like, mental health and confidence. Um, but then the lockdown hit and, and, it's good and bad in the sense of like my current girlfriend now kind of moved in. So obviously that kind of loneliness and she was very understanding, like in that first period, you know, when I was first, there was a lot of things that I went through that I would, you know, just a lot of things that she dealt with really that I probably wouldn't say a normal person would. Um, yeah. And then, and then the last year and a half, as, as sort of Billy mentioned, like I joined um, authority network, which is um, to get to, to put it into a description, it's a business consulting scene course 
for fitness professionals who are wanting to become a better coach, but also understand how to manage the business side. It's not just, you know, about how to actually coach. Was this the Phil Gray one, sorry? Yeah, yeah. So that's the first course I joined, um, which then, you know, opened my sort of eyes to a lot of other people that were in the same boat that you don't really realize, you know, like there's a lot of like Rob Massman, Stephen, you know, a lot of the guys that I've met through there are all like pro rugby players or even people who were actually in the Marines are in that course. And it is great because it teaches you exactly how to build an online, you know, for me, I obviously work fully online, build a coaching business and actually understand the ins and outs of it. Like you said there, Billy, about your friend who's leaving now. I think the problem is, is like when you do go into any new industry, like we're used to, especially when you're in the military, you're used to being told instructions and doing them. And I think that's a big thing that I lacked is that I was like, well, what am I doing with this PT? What am I doing with the business? What am I doing with, you know, what's the what's the element of all this? And, and I think that was something I really needed. So that was the first course I did was Phil Graham's and I'm still on that now. Um, and there's lots you still learn. And, and like you kind of alluded to, Billy, about like, maybe you're not upfront for people selling courses. I am not for people just selling shit. I think if someone just sells you like, you know, they just, uh, you know, here's my fucking five minute thing that I've put together. I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and I'm going to try and sell it to you for absolute bollocks. I think that's, that's fair enough. Like, yeah, I would fully hammer those people. I think though, like Phil's got, you know, 20 years experience. He's gone through what we want to go through. He's had all that processes, you know, he's worked with a lot of these people along the way. And obviously there's fucking 250 people inside the course. Uh, but it, I think for me, it was more, I joined that and I suddenly had another sense of, you know, purpose. I had another sense of fucking brotherhood. I had more people I could actually speak to again. I had, you know, social circles. I had people to actually understand me and go through those, you know, not just Becca. But um, yeah, that was the first course I joined in that first lockdown because um, obviously PT was completely closed. And then off the back of that, I built, you know, an online coaching business and obviously still run that now, but I built that to begin with. There was a point as well where in building that, I, I kind of just went through this process of just focusing wholeheartedly on the business and absolutely nothing else. And my fitness absolutely tanked. You know, I, I'll fully admit I got fat, got lazy, was, you know, putting all my focus on just building this business and nothing on fitness. Um, and then actually then hired my own coach, which is Isaac Lewis, who does all my coaching, all my sort of programming, everything to make sure I'm actually held accountable. I think a big reason for that was that I realized there was a point where like, I was struggling because I was putting all these, you know, the blokes that I was trying to help in front of me. And it was like, fuck, like actually my own health and fitness has gone to shit. So I hired Isaac and obviously he's been great over the last sort of two years. And that kind of, again, gave me, you know, back purpose. So I'm actually leading and making sure I'm 100% on that. And then the next person I went into was um, Dan Hancock. He is running the first um, mental health and exercise coaching course on, you know, in the UK. It is literally so that you can specifically understand how to help people mentally, um, you know, not just physically. So that's something I've, I've gone into as well. And there's a lot of coaches inside that. That's really awesome. So that was kind of the journey in the last year and a half after that kind of first seven months where I was just fucking, I'll admit, I was just lost. I was just sat there like, right, I'll just be a PT and I kind of know what I'm doing. And I've got come from this career where I just threw myself out of it and it was like, fuck. And then, you know, having kind of you know sign up to phil obviously sorted that out sign up to isaac sign up to dan and it's now a case of what i really want to help is lads that were sat in my shoes but at all different ages so you know you can be an underconfident man and be 60 and have four kids and have an amazing job and behind closed doors you're sat there with all these thoughts thinking fuck me like you know i don't know how to solve this or i don't know how to sort that or i'm not planning or i'm not putting myself first and i think that's a huge thing for me is that over the last 12 months like 
I speak to lads all the time who've gone, yeah, I broke up with Mrs. First start of lockdown three months in and I've sat in a fucking flat on my own for the last nine months and these things have started to transpire and I've started to let standards slip. I've started to let my health slip. I've started to let mentally, I just don't feel great. And I think that's the reason for me is why specifically confidence and men is that was me, like very heavily that was me. And I've gone through the process of, you know, taking that to another level or sorting that out. And I think for me, it's a case of, I don't want any bloke to continue to be sat in the shoes I was because that's, that's just not, it just, it's not going to fucking end well. Like it's not going to go in the right direction. And that's something that I've like built between Phil, Dan, you know, Isaac is that that's my purpose on this planet is to, is to make sure that no blokes just sat there thinking fucking no one to relate to really. But that's, that's in a nutshell, that's kind of the last 27 years really. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. I love, I love how, um, how honed in you are. You kind of, mentioned it a few times there's like in your approach to coaching if we go into that sort of topic now is kind of you you're you've almost through all this experience you've got and through all these other coaches you've been mentored by you've honed it on this approach of you are your purpose is to work on men who want to build confidence um, and i notice it with loads of your social media out there you'll constantly be like lads you'll you'll start it with like lads and that's how you yeah. start your stories for example yeah. or yeah. your posts and it's it's obviously a conscious decision where you're you are t- you are purposely talking to the lads out there because yeah. that's who you want to your your purpose is to look for guys who maybe are lacking that confidence uh, and then obviously you want to build their confidence you know mentally and physically uh, I've, I've, i like the passion as well i think it all it, it seems to be like that a really good it's a really good approach really i just like i like yeah. your approach to to the space i think it's, it's I, I think it's really good yeah. i think for me like it, I, like people have asked like but why don't you coach women or like you know all these things are like i'm like it, 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 I, I, no, I'm not saying it'd be unethical. I'm just saying that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable to take someone through something that I haven't already done. Um, and I think for me, that's that's a huge thing. Is like, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to try and help someone if I don't 100% know the pains and problems myself. Um, you know, the same as like the same as like if you hadn't done training and you were a corporal, it'd be a bit like how. Like, so I think for me that that is you know the home thing. I think the passion comes from like. I, I just understand, and like you said there, Billy, about like when you lads do struggle when they leave the you know the military or like all sorts of different walks of life people are in, is that, that it, it it can just be quite a big problem. And blokes do not talk like um like will much rather much rather just push feelings in um, than actually even just just say like yeah I've actually I've actually got an issue yeah. I, it's not even necessarily just bottling it up as well. Like lads, lads will get get right to the fucking end. They'll get right to the end where they're like, oh, I'll probably reckon this is it now. Versus actually just have a chat with someone and be like, look, look, let's just talk through why you're feeling this way. And I think that's a huge thing is like actually really just looking at you know w- what's the reason? What's the reason? Like, so I've got a quote on my wall because um, I, I I'll be honest, right? Like the first last two years has not been smooth. It sounds simple, but it's not been. You know, like you say there, Billy, I think it is when you leave, there are a lot of things you go through. But like, there's so many thoughts that you think. So this is all from Dan. It's not like this is what I've learned on his course. But like, I think it's like 70,000 thoughts you have a day. And I think 50,000 of them are are wired to be negative. So because of the fact that from a stone age, you're wired to protect yourself. You're wired to, you know, make sure that you live each day. That's what you're wired to as a person. So like, you have thoughts of going broke you have thoughts of um you know I, i'm going to become homeless you have all these thoughts of whatever you don't realize you have them but you are having them you know when you you know otherwise if we didn't we'd all go out and fucking spend all of the money in our accounts right now because otherwise we'd be like well why wouldn't i do that i, I know i'm going to be perfectly fine 
So like you're hardwired to think neg- negatively. But what happens is when when things go the opposite and they go hardwired to think negatively 100% of the time and you start thinking quite heavy thoughts, you know, sort of on that process. But like you said there, Billy, I think I think a huge thing that for me, it's that I, I, I've learned from quite a, a few, um, you know, I don't know how to say it without saying, a few inspirational people that I've seen that are men that have done very good, you know, really gone out there and done like heavy things like Die, like Phil, like, you know, Dan, all these lads. And I think for me, it's just, it's just letting lads get down to basic principles and be like, well, let's look at what we need to do differently to actually help you to, you know, set yourself up every week to win versus, or even look at a situation, you know, like when you're, when you're in the military, you review constantly, don't you? You look at different things that you can review and you go, right, we went into that section attack. How did it go? Oh, that went well. That went well. That didn't go quite as well. Let's look at something we can do differently next time. Boy, the case of the engineers, Alex, very, very badly. Um, oh, fair. Yeah, fair, fair. Oh, mate, I was a driver. So towards the end of my career, I was... I was uh, to be fair, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a bit on that. That's quite good. So the first day I, I rocked up to Albion, any of the lads who were in the call me will remember this. Like, I, I basically got called Dory because I was... I just, I'm just fucking slow. Like, I, I'm, I'd say, like, the, I've opened up quite a lot. And, and lads will probably notice this. In the coaching world, I've probably opened up into, like, a bit of, like, oh, I like this. So I, I'll, I'll put my effort into it. But, like, towards the end of my career, I was, like, just just didn't want to be there anymore. I think that was a huge thing. But I, basically, I um, I drove like a forklift. I used to drive like a little forklift um, on a ship. So you can imagine what that kind of job was like. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And um, and like there was like these crates of like milk. Grab the Marines. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's brilliant, isn't it? You're like, yeah, you've gone through this 30 weeks of training, <laughs> learn all this, and then you're going to sherry milk around. Like, yeah, but anyway, anyway. Not like, like yeah, but like, brilliant. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember like I split the first day I rocked up. I split like a like a tub of like like a big industrial tub of like milk, and then spilt flour on top of it. And that was like my first like <laughs> introduction to like this is your draft on ship. I remember that being like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, it's all downhill that. from here. <laughs> yeah, it was literally like right, you're gonna be gone. But like, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, like you say, I think like I'm, I'm quite passionate about it because it was me. It, it's still been me in a few times, really, about like just quite slow to learn and you know maybe needing a little bit more of a, a hand rather than a slap, really, about things. But um, yeah, that that's been like you know what we've trying to trying to really build over the kind of process. I think when you when you mentioned like approach to coaching, for me, it's it's giving lads simple, um, you know, relatable systems that they can go through. I think it's easy to, to overwhelm people with a lot of information very quickly. Like, um, you know, when you talk about like macros and you talk about fucking training splits and all this, and you've just got some guy who's brought all his gear and he's, he's rocked up there and he's going, oh, I'm ready for my one RM. Um, but, you know, like I, th- I think there's a lot of information and it's quite hard to actually divulge that info and, and, then, and then put it into, a, into a, a system that works for, you know, each of them. So I think for us, it's just like, looking at right what are your problems and what can we do to help you simply solve that and maintain doing it um so yeah that's that's like a, a big thing on that really no i like that yeah i mean i've seen some of your you do a lot of videos don't you where you're like sitting down with uh, one of your um like your uh, people on your client or group whatever you call members whatever. Yeah. um i know it's one, one guy in particular who always makes me laugh i see a few videos i don't know he's actually i think he's like frosty or something and he just yeah, yeah. He just, i could just Liam, see, he just seems yeah. so confident i could just imagine oh, i could i can imagine him being really like not confident and he seems like he's just like bouncing like he loves it and i, I just yeah. noticed that straight away and i thought i feel like that's a really good indication of the journey he's gone through 
it's, this is all in the public domain, so I can talk about it. So like, I'm, I'm, I know Liam won't mind anyway. I'll probably mess me like legend. Um, but like Liam came to me and like he he'd had a lot of the problems that I'd have when I was younger, where a lot of people had just said to him, you, "You're not the one for that. You won't be able to do that. You know, don't get carried away." Or I play it safe. Like um, he's writing a book. So like um, he's writing a book all about you know different like scenarios, and he's writing this. He wants to get that like published or even just sell it on Amazon. That's like a really big goal that we want to go for. Um, and like he 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 just he's just been told all these people have said like oh, why are you bothering like oh you shouldn't be doing that. And that was that was what he came to me at the start with, where he's had like twenty five years where people had just constantly told him like yeah you'll never be you know you'll never be able to be a personal trainer because that was something he really wanted to do. Oh, you'll never be able to balance that. You'll never be able to do this book. You'll never be able to do that. And the process we kind of went through with him was I just looked at like, right, what do we need to do to get you to have self-belief? Like, what do we need to do? What's what's going to be one thing that you can do and you can get to the end of it and go, I fucking did that and I did it. I might have had help to do it, but I made the decision every day to put the hard work in to make that happen. And it was literally just like, right, let's put in the first day that you're going to actually start training people. And it was just, you know, he's just built his own business through that, of just constantly taking these little steps. And then the same with his fitness. It was like, right, what can we do to help you feel confident in your fitness? I need a plan. I need something to follow. I need actual processes being educated around specific specifics of what to do so I can deliver that to my clients as well. But yeah, mate, he's an absolute like legend. Like I've been I've been coaching Liam a year now, I think, just just under a year. Um but yeah, he's one of the like kind of one of the earlier clients I had when I first sort of started, you know, fully online and yeah, I think like it's guys like have, have you seen John? Have you seen John? He won't mind me talking about him either. So it's like two polar opposite scales. Like Liam's quite a young guy. John's fifty eight, uh, fifty eight, just just about to turn sixty. Very, very like minded though. They both just you know they struggled in self belief or they were struggling with you know their routines or their structures. And that was something we just looked at. Is like right, what can we do that's going to give you self belief? What can we do that's going to actually help you? For John, it's like he's running a Spartan. So I don't know if you've heard about that. It's kind of like Tough Mother, but a little bit like more intense. Um, but at 58, yes, yeah, so we're getting him ready. To Tom, Tom's going to pull out his medals now. Wait, Tom, Tom's looking for his medals. Yes! I'm looking yes! for medals. They're too far away. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> legend. Um, but yeah, that, that for me is like, <laughs> no, no legend. And that's like, um, you know, bringing those lads together, they, they all talk to it. So we've got like, you know, we do like um, mentoring coaching sessions. We do like a Monday and a, and a Friday where we get them all together on Zoom. And kind of like this, where you just have a bit of a chat with them and, and, and then we do like separate rooms where they talk to each other. And we've got like a Facebook group that they all talk on. We do like every quarter, so every three months, we do like a physical meetup and then try and get them all together in some way, shape or form. Obviously, they've all got their own boxes, but they've got what I encourage them very heavily to speak to each other. We've literally got a post that goes up and I'm like, add three people and go speak to them. Because um, that's what I want them to literally be like, right, I've got someone to talk to, even if it's not Alex, I've got other members of the group, really. Um, but yeah, it's, it's connecting those lads, because I think that's a big thing is that when they when they do feel like they're alone and the only oh, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quite blunt with this, but the, the only fucking people they're speaking to is some bloke they work for who's an absolute arsehole. And he's telling them, oh, that's not good enough job. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Or, oh, you, you'll fucking never do that. Oh, you'll never gain any muscle. Or, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, piss off. You're never going to join the army. And the reason being, and I'll be fucking brutal about this because it is genuinely like something I'm like strong with, is the reason being is that bloke who's telling them he never fucking did it himself. And because he never did it, he's going to impose that on that younger guy or he's going to impose that on that slightly, Flecting, you know, yeah. whatever the 
Oh, mate, and, and it's a huge thing I talk about. It's like when you point one finger, you've got fucking three pointing back and you've got these arseholes who are, you know, they've never done anything themselves. And actually, I, I fucking target both blokes. I target the one that he's punishing and I target the bloke who's saying that to him and say, look, let's figure out why you're angry at the world. Let's figure out why you feel like you've not achieved anything. Let's figure out what's going on with that. Let's figure out what is the issue here because this isn't just having an effect on that bloke you're shouting at. You might be taking that home to your wife. You might be taking that home and, and talking to your kids like that, you know, and that's not what we accept in the planet now. It's not it's not a nice planet to live if you're doing that. And I think for me, that's a big thing is like I want to really hone in on like you have to, you know, actually get in line to talk about a, their feelings, but also understanding like why they're in that position. It might be right. And this is going to sound really simple. And I know you guys might go like, oh, no way. It might be like the bloke who's stressed and angry is actually not drinking enough water because he's never really been told like look you need to be drinking enough water you need to be hydrated to actually do your job properly like you know in the military you, you learn things like that don't you You learn little processes it might be because he's fucking stressed because he keeps being late for meetings because he never prepares himself the night before like all these little things that you kind of learn you don't really realize how valuable they would be to someone who's like in a normal civilian job like actually being taught like look if we if we spend half an hour a week and we just plan out our week we just go right monday tuesday wednesday thursday i've got i've actually got a meeting in bristol on friday right i need to make sure that i'm ready for that oh, i won't be able to go to the gym then so i'll do that on thursday night instead of friday night you know and all these little things that i think you learn in in the military or you learn in different processes like they're so valuable and like you said there billy like your, your friend who's just about to leave if you can the biggest thing phil taught me is how to actually package that information and make it usable for someone to you know use I think that was a, that was kind of a big thing for there. But sorry, lads, I've just realised I've fucking talked for like half an hour straight. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, that's the point of it's, it. <laughs> it's been really, it's been really good listening because kind of a lot of stuff you're saying there is going to resonate with a lot of a lot of lads out there. Simply because yeah. in the society we live in now, um, we are moving towards that you know attention on the mental health of, of blokes. Because mm. if you yeah. said there about the, the the bosses who are saying, "Yo, you're doing a shit job. You're never going to do anything," the odds yeah. are those bosses would never speak to a woman like that in the workplace. They wouldn't. No. They wouldn't say to then. You always know. I don't want to be. I don't. Yeah. I don't, don't want to be blanket in my statement because it's not the same everywhere. But most cases, if a, a woman and a man do a, the same job and it's both shit, the bloke would probably get told you're a fucking idiot because he's expected to be able to man up and take it. The woman would be like, oh, that that's not that's not quite right. But we'll, we'll give it another go and you know we'll try and be maybe a bit flirty with it or it'd be a bit fucking you know dogmatic whatever you want to say. And that's that's the way it is in the world, isn't it? And I think and then blokes are getting affected by it and then as you said they bottle it up and then they lose confidence. They're rock bottom. And as you said, that's your your main aim is to fucking get that confidence back up again and i really like it got a lot of respect for it, actually yeah yeah and like you like you say like it's almost like i talked about the slap instead of the hand on the back like that's constantly what i feel like you know not i'm not saying physically slap them but i'm saying with words or with how you approach someone like that could be like you say they're like it's like the that the, he's not doing something right so instead of putting his hand on his back and being like what do you need me to help you to do to teach you to do this it's more you know that's what they would do I'm not, I know I, you, it's hard to not be blanket, Billy, isn't it? But like being blanket, if, a, if, if she does do something wrong or someone does something wrong, it's normally a bit calmer. It's normally a bit more concern. It's like a curiosity of what you could do differently. Whereas I think like we are built like that kind of whatever. So I think it's weird for me to say, having been in the environment where you're in the Marines and it's considered like rough and tough and, you know, that kind of thing. But I think sometimes it's about actually just sitting down and talking through where the problems are occurring because like you say i think that's what happens is that they get a load of shit at work or lads get a load of shit at work or they get a load of shit off someone and then either go home and then 
if they do live with their parents, they lock themselves in their room and they're sat in their room on their own. And then they scroll for Instagram and they see everyone else who's got a perfect life or perceived a perfect life or they perceive everything going right for them or everything going really well. And before you know it, that repeated cycle has gone on for six months. And there's something, you know, there's obviously an elephant in the room, but that's the thing that then causes why those numbers statistically are so high is because I, I feel like anyway, that's a big leading cause is that no one's stopped during that period and gone, let's just have a chat with this bloke and see what he needs help with. Let's just have a chat with this bloke and see what he feels like maybe he needs to do differently. Or like, I think that was, a, you know, that was, like I say, that was maybe from my experience as a younger guy, I want to break that cycle instead of kind of always going around in that process of being that guy who's always talking down to someone. I would be like, right, what can I do to actually help you? What can I do to help you, you know, understand what to do? But um, yeah, I think, so another, another point, I know that um, obviously uh, I think you mentioned it, like part of the, the Battle Ready Fuel team and the Battle 360 team, obviously like Jason and Ollie and them guys, but um, I've got a good story about that, which is really fucking like proper, not military, but proper like it's only something that if you're in the military, you kind of know. Um, so basically the way that came about is I remember I literally left the core and then went to Body Power and um, I bought the woman who was at the stand a packet of biscuits and was just like, oh, here's some biscuits and a coffee because um, obviously biscuits are like universally what you fucking buy just to do favours. And basically I basically just said, is there anyone that I can get an email off um, that I can just do? any work for free or anything for you guys just to get the exposure really um and then yeah that kind of just built a relationship with them and then that ended up in a position where like obviously i, I wouldn't say i do work for them i help support the brand and obviously just get a load of you know stuff for free and obviously i try and pass that on to my lads as much as possible okay, so i'll just quickly give people a um a sort of a, a brief description of what who these guys are i mean obviously yeah people who aren't yeah. aware of what this is and it just yeah so Battery Fuel, Battle 360, Ollie Olsen and Jason Fox, obviously from SAS Two Days Wins. Um, both special forces, uh, ex-special forces operators or former special forces operators. They set up, obviously, off the back of the show. They've obviously set up their own company, which is um, their mission statement is to, I can't remember if it's on my head, actually, to help people improve their sort of thinking, their mindset, the processes. What they run is unreal. So they run, um, obviously, they've got, you know, the battle, the battle boxes and those kind of things. They obviously have supplements that they also, you know, like sort of endorsed by them. They run like actual training days. So it's one or one to three days, I believe. That's like a, like a practical training day. Um, and then also I believe they have uh, some other sort of corporate things that they do as well, which is really, really good. Um, but yeah, their whole sort of brand and ethos is kind of similar to mine in the sense that they just want to help people sort of think differently or, you know, work on teamwork and work on that different I'd say the, the coaching element that they deliver is very, very different to what I do or what we as a team sort of do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, very different to what we do, but it's, it's obviously very in line as well. But um, yeah, so I sort of, you know, endorse them or try and, I try and, you know, anything that I can for my lads sort of get added to, obviously try and push that their way, which is really good. But um, it's kind of made up of um, a lot of people who've just done a lot of mad shit, like Katie Parrott, um, she's like, she's like, she's quite short and she's just an absolute tank. Like she's done ultra marathon. She's done like 10,000 burpees in a row, like all this sort of crazy shit. Uh, she actually came into the chat for my lads about, yeah, I know. I know. That's mad, isn't it? Like it's mad as well. Like I think she did it in some ridiculously good time. Uh, it wasn't even like, yeah, it wasn't even just like doing it. I think it was more like, yeah, like, um, so it's made up of kind of those kind of guys really. And, and then just me, some weirdo. Um, but yeah, like of, of, of like them. So that's been quite cool as well to be like <laughs> part of them as well. But um, yeah, so that's kind of, um, you know, me in a nutshell, really. Me in a nutshell. 
if we look to the future then, Alex, where, where would you say you see yourself? I mean, let's let's not fucking go like one year, three year, five year, but kind of in, maybe in, in the immediate future and then maybe in the long-term future, where do you kind of see yourself as the confidence coach going? So so specifically, I'd say for me as a confidence coach and then the Warriors as a programme. So I think for, for myself, I think across the next five years, the main aim, like minimum main aim, so we're looking at what five, would be, I think, a thousand lives we want to change, a thousand blokes' lives specifically we want to work with in the next kind of, well, four years now, really. So we've obviously done the first year of it. Um, I think for me as a person, that's the business. That's where I want to take that is to really help those men mentally and physically, obviously, inside the course and, um, you know, delivering what we deliver to them, really. I think me as a person, I want to do a lot more kind of public speaking. I want to get a, a lot of people more aware around that it is, you know, it's, it's not an issue if you are some rusty, tufty bloke to actually have problems. Like it, it's not that much of an issue. So I think a lot of more public speaking, um, trying to obviously get involved. That's partly why with the Battle Ready 360 Battle Ready guys, because they can obviously put me in that sort of platform. Um, I think as well, like obviously finish, you know, the course with Dan, um, sort of carry on with Phil and then sort of just grow this really and, and just build this community to bigger than what it is really. Um, that's the main main sort of focus for me. Yeah, I like it because it's, it's almost quite a niche in a way because we've had loads yeah. of PT. We've had, well, not loads, but we've had a few PTs on now. We, I mean, we're always looking. Me and Tom always talk about other PTs in the industry, and we look around and we always we normally have a bit of a shimp for being honest about fucking the industry being a bit of a shit show. But I kind of like how you've gone with this this almost niche approach, but something that's so beneficial. Something that's yeah. not just as simple as right here's an exercise program, do these lifts. You know, you've almost gone down right. I want to make massive impact going off what I've been through and you've, you've attacked it and you've honed in on it. And because you've gone so specific with it, the quality of that delivery of the Warriors program, as you said, is, you know, from what I can tell, it's going to be really, really high. And I, I think it's, yeah. I think it's really good. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think, I think like the industry as a whole, um, it is a bit broken. Like the industry, I'll fully admit that like the industry as a whole, like personal training um, and online coaching, especially I, I will fucking hold my hands up and say, especially online coaching, because because it's a saturated industry and because it's it's kind of pioneered by um i actually put this post up the other day i don't know if you read it but talking about like we're a little bit different because we don't we don't put pictures of fucking lease mercedes and Balenciagas and like all that madness i think i think that it's so easy in the fitness industry to get lost by that like to get lost by i've got ten thousand clients and you know, I've got fucking, and it, 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 it almost becomes all about like, well, what, what, yeah, but what is the point? Like if you've got 10,000 clients and you've got one picture of someone saying that the service is good or one, one testimonial, like, and it's your mate, like it, it just becomes, I think that's the problem with the industry is because it's, it is saturated and it is easy to get into. It almost gets lost in why people are getting into it. And then I think as well, I think as well, like, you know, let's let's call a spade a spade. Like it is easy to make good money in this industry, but it's also easy to get lost in why you're doing that. And then it and then it does become a point, doesn't it, where like you've got, you know, like especially as PTs, I think like because obviously my um kind of career as a PT was only really seven, eight months, and then I went into what we do now, um, you know, and coaching really, and as in like online coaching and all the stuff that we run that's a little bit different. But I think like um it was it's so easy. I remember being a PT and like lads coming up to you and being like, oh, I've made five grand this month or I've made fucking this. And you're like, all right, okay, like, okay, cheers. And I always think about like, or I've done 40, 50 sessions. I don't know if you lads get that in, in the gyms that you work at and you get people like bragging about the amount of sessions they've done. And I, I, it's, it's a weird industry to be in. When you're at the point, 
especially when you're in the military and you're in the military and you go, oh, I haven't worked Friday afternoon or I, I've done as little as I can. I think that's always the thing in the military, isn't it? Like, and then you go from the opposite of that where people are bragging about how much work. Oh, right. It's Thursday, Alex. I'm home, I'm home already, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it was like the opposite when you go into the PT industry where it's like blokes being like, yeah, I've done 10 hours work today. And you're like, all right, like fucking hell. Um, but yeah, I think I think it is it is there is certain things that need to be addressed in the industry for certain you know elements. But I think like Phil's course was a big eye opener for what needs to be done differently for that, um, and about how like you can put the the people that are inside the program on a, more of a pedestal, or how to actually be like, well, how can we specifically help that person? Um, yeah, but I, th- I think for me as well, like you like you said there, but it is more like the reason I've gone that niche is because it's like something I actually. I know that I'm passionate about and that I know that I can see myself doing for like, this is me now that, that that's me. I'll, I'll grow this in certain different elements for the rest of my life. I think like until, until they bury me really. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, in one way or another. But um, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Alex. Um, I'll have details down in the show notes for how people can sort of see your social media. And maybe maybe there's someone listening here who, you know, is thinking, this sounds fucking A's, this is for me. And if even if one person who listens to this jumps onto your Warriors program, I feel that's a success, isn't it? That's one that's yeah, one more yeah. person towards that thousand goal uh, over the five years. Yeah. Um we'll, we'll come on to the final part of the episode now, which is a bit of a um my three off bit here, Alex. We've got some secret right, questions for right. you. So my one. Right. <laughs> so my secret question is is basically um, there's a few people who listen and a few people I will make sure they listen to this bit. So you're obviously, you're an ex-Royal Marine, okay? So the original Marines. In the army, you've got things called army commandos, right? Okay. So what I want to know is what 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 is the sort of consensus in the Royal Marine community towards these army commandos? Now, I know there's a certain term which gets thrown around. I want to know, is is that a term that gets used this by... This might upset you know, some people. This <laughs> might upset some people, but I want, I want to see right. here what the, the general consensus is in the Marines towards army I'm going to go... I'm going to go slightly against the grain. Um, and when, when you talk about like army commandos, talk about that. Right. One. Okay. The core is very like, so when it comes to the Royal Marines in general, like obviously it's an absolute unreal industry. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it's just what it is. The problem I'd say is that I get a lot of lads say this to me. I want to join uh, the army and then get my green berry. I actually always say to them, you do realize that's going to be more difficult to do. Because what happens is, like, in the core, you are literally geared up as that is all you are doing in the sense of your main focus is finish this 32 weeks training. You're going to do this block right before you go into the commando phase, and you're going to know you're going to be familiar with everything. You're going to get to that point and pass out the Marines with a green beret because it's on the way out. Very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, imagine imagine if um, you did, imagine if you did a uni course to become a doctor. But the phase where you wanted to become a doctor was six weeks at the end and you had four years away and then came back and did those six years, those six weeks. It'd be like, well, I've forgotten everything that I was learning to do. So I think for me, I would say personally, I w- I'd say that if anyone is going to try and get a green beret, because that's normally what they're like, they're putting on a status, just go into the Marines because it makes more sense. Because if that's the, if that's the only reason you're joining the military, is you're like, the only reason I'm joining the military is I want a green beret. Go and join the Marines because, like, simply, I'm not saying it will be easier. It's never easy, but it will be simpler because it's easier to go through there. Um, I, 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 I sort of had like experiences with a few different like um, 
you know, like army commandos and like those sort of people. I suppose because I've never went into, you know, any like proper conflict just in general, but I never went into any conflict with any of them. I never had any negative experiences. I never had any bad experiences. I, I thought they were right. Like there's nothing really wrong with it. But I would say that's my my take on it is that it would be simpler if that's the only reason you're in the military is because you're like, I want to be a commando. It's simpler to join the Corps because that's a straight line versus it's almost too like bumpy really, isn't it? To, to, to go in the army and then, and then go down that way. So we normally say like in, in the, so I'm in the, the Royal Engineers and obviously you've got like the, the commando units there and stuff, uh, two, four commando engineers is the one. So what we normally say to blokes is it's the best time if they are going to do it, they really want to do it, is to do it straight after their training. Because yeah, the issue is yeah. you said, if you then go to your normal unit, you forget you forget all these exercises, because I mean, you know how difficult the exercises are on the commando course. You do back-to-back yeah. exercises, your kit is stripped and laid out in front of your flipping Bergen every morning. If lads go away to the unit and become chilled out for two years, then go back and try and do it, they're like, this is fucking shit. Whereas if you do it straight yeah. out of training, it's a little bit different. But I get what you mean. You might... The, the it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because as, as you said, like if you just want the green berry, why not do the actual... Do the, the the full? You know, you don't want to say full because you do do the same tests, obviously, regardless of yeah. army commando or marines. But you'd argue that the, obviously the the training you guys would, would have done would obviously be a lot harder because you're it's basic training as well, isn't it? So it's uh... yeah, it's, it's like SF though. Like um, I always got told I, I I never really had aspirations of doing that. I just it just wasn't it never really appealed to me. I don't know why it just didn't. But like it's like you said there, Billy, about like if lads are going to go SF, they're always pretty much encouraged, aren't they? Like as soon as you pass out, go because um, it's like it's like anything isn't it like even as soon as you pass out any military service and you get a hint of like you, you're allowed into normal life even like just not having to follow instructions or get fucking shouted at um like as soon as you're out of that aren't you you're in a whole different mind frame and you are like oh i just could chill out for a bit now but it's like it's like anything isn't it yeah I, i'd say like i don't I, I i haven't dealt with them enough when i was in the military to have like an opinion on them but i I'd say, like, I'd say that's my opinion on it, is it probably would be more, not necessarily more difficult, it would be, um, you know, it would be a harder process to go through, like you say, to, to in the sense of you'd have to come out and then go in, really. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever hear any rumblings of certain terminology used towards army commandos? I'm going to tell you what it is, but I've, I want to know if you, is there a certain phrase that was thrown around? I'm curious now, Bill. <laughs> like rubber daggers or like, like kind of like, I know that's uh, like the thing they use for our mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's oh, the yeah. idea. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. rubber daggers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm that's gonna cut that one bit out, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cut <laughs> yeah, it out and send it to the people just I know who like, like blah, army commandos right. and be like, yeah. Uh, Alex has just called you all rubber daggers. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're probably blokes who've been in, like Afghan and fucking done all sorts of shit, and they say like, "Who's this geezer who just sells this fucking program?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah." She's like, "Oh shit," but. Nah. Yeah. I, I think I think you've got to think as well like everyone's doing their own story everyone's walking their own life everyone's doing different achievements for different things I do find that funny and I don't think a lot of like civvies get that it's like between the powers the marines and then probably other commando units there's like this hostile there's like this underlining hostility when they're all mm. doing they're working towards the same thing it's just funny isn't it it's just funny it's like it's almost like um you know football team obviously like when everyone supports england um and they're all like yeah england england and then it's like manchester city fans versus manchester fans or whatever uh, manchester united fans and it's like that kind of weird thing in it where it's <laughs> like we're not really the same but if we're supporting england we're the same it's like that kind of yeah it's kind of that thing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty similar. That's good. Good comparison, actually. I think we're just really good at fighting each other, really. 
I think that's it, isn't it? <laughs> when, when, you know, when uh, all of the United Kingdom is on a very small island, we kind of run out of enemies to fight eventually, especially since the fall of the Empire. So, you know, we just got to kind of make enemies with each other, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, you could just fight blokes wanking in toilets. Yeah, oh, back to this again. Back to the wanking toilet. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That's going to be the name of the episode now. Wanking in toilets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chat with PTs, Alex wanking in toilets. Love it. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> that'll get right. To be fair, that'll get moving, moving swiftly on to uh, my secret question. I mean, admittedly, I've got to go back to uh, the, the commando training again. So I have a mate who claims that he's... Uh, you know, an ex Royal Marine has gone through the commando training. And he told me that during, towards the end, no, so during the very beginning of commando training, you are given a pet horse. And over time during training, you have to bond with this pet horse. You get to Fuck name off. it, you sleep Fuck with off. it, you bash her up with it, you know, you <laughs> swim with it, you climb ropes with it. So basically, you bond with this horse, and then just before you get issued your green beret, you are forced to get this horse in a headlock, and you have to kill it. It's basically to to toughen you and harden you up. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not because this guy also claimed to have invented the wheelchair. But you know, <laughs> is there any truth to that? Did you get a pet horse? Did you have to ch- choke it to death? That is true. Yeah, that is seahorse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does your brain no, work, is, Tom? I don't understand. What? Where? It is true. It is true. I don't know. <laughs> it is true. No, it's not, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The thing is, I, I know, I, I have, I have clients listen to this that are going into the military. So I'm to think, fucking hell, maybe it's ain't for me now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to put down my micro pig. Yeah. <laughs> I used to always get spun the yarn of eggs. They give you an egg at the start of training and they're like, if you don't have this at the end, then you're fucked. <laughs> and you've got to look after it <laughs> yeah. and not let it break. <laughs> yeah, and not let it break throughout the whole the whole time. Like, put this in your burger. If that breaks, if you fail, you're done. I'll be replacing it every morning. <laughs> yeah, well, you just, that's what you do. You just, buy, you just buy like 25 eggs and be like, yeah, yeah. Or, or 32, just have one a week. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many like passed down stories and there in the military of like loads of just 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 nuts shit just nuts crap that people come up with it's like oh brilliant but yeah that's, that's fantastic half of the fun is just making up bollocks yeah well, i'm so good yeah. at it i mean have you not noticed if you go like an exercise or you do if you're even like anything there's always short-term fucking shit staring of like oh we're getting attacked tonight oh, oh no yeah. fucking there's, yeah. oh, there's a tooth oh, yeah. break tomorrow oh. or there's fucking you know uh, I've I've heard down the line we're, we're getting bumped at three in the morning. <laughs> to, you know, get ready. We're getting bumped at keep, three in the keep morning. Keep your boots on, lads. Yeah, don't, so don't get it. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is just there, conked out. You're there three in the morning. On the only fucking person on stag, you're like, fuck. This is it. This is it. And nothing <laughs> yeah. happens. You know, fifteen minutes goes, half hour goes. I used to always love the fact that it would end early. You'd be like, oh, lads, it's going to end. This is going to end early. I reckon we're finishing two days earlier than we're meant to. And it would just go on like, it would just go on like that, wouldn't it? And then it'd be like, oh, like, yeah, they, they can't do it because of the weather or like, because of some stupid reason. <laughs> yeah. There'd be like this glimmer of hope that it would finish early. You'd be like, oh, yeah, lads, like, basically, Uranus is in the second wind. And um, my mate Maggie said that yeah. Steve told her that Ben told her that 
the corporal's actually got his daughter yeah. come in on Friday and, and the doctor doesn't want uh, the rest of the recruits to be late. So they're actually turning up and we're going to end it, you know, two nights early. And you'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yeah. how is this cut? Yeah, it'd just be madness. Or that one case where it really did end early because I phoned up the CO uh, anonymously and called in a bomb scare. <laughs> what? I don't think that's true or not, not or false because with you Tom I don't I'd take, know I'd take that yeah. uh, it was a mate it was a mate it was a mate <laughs> that sounds exactly sound like you would do Tom nah it's a good way to get off work early yeah, yeah fair yeah fair. Just, just in any line of work <laughs> where's this, any where's this going <laughs> <laughs> just in any line of work if you ring up you crashed a forklift on purpose yeah yeah on purpose. <laughs> it wasn't even meant for the milk he was getting for the torpedo <laughs> tube <laughs> I love it. So, have we got anything else to add on the uh, on the the ships? There, I've already divulged too much. Oh Um, dear! Right, Um, Alex, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. I said all your details will be down below. It's been a fucking good laugh, actually. That um, it was a lot of lot of chaos. I think uh, I think people enjoy that. There'll be a lot of people who aren't in the military thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" But I'm telling you now, I mean. (laughs) <laughs> you just know, don't you? If you're in any sort of military, whether it's the Marines, the RAF, the Army, there's sort of that that sort of language is always just universal, isn't it? Like there's always yeah. things people can relate to, and I think that's uh, that's sort I of, do, a, sort of I... positive positive around it. Anyway, lads, um, it's been a pleasure as always, and I'll uh, speak to you all again very very soon. See you later, ladies and gents. Cheers, guys. As always, thanks for listening. Something we haven't really asked for in a while is that if you are enjoying the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you can give us a little review slash rating. And this is obviously going to, of course, depend on where you're listening to. Uh, I know for sure that Apple Podcasts do have a rating feature. However, if you can't rate and you are enjoying, maybe pass the pod along to a, to a mate uh, and get them in on the action. Whatever you do, we really do appreciate it. We love all the interaction we get from all of our listeners and um, yeah, we're just yeah, we're really grateful. Um, but what we have got some news on is that is keep your eyes peeled later on this year because we are going to have some more exciting ways for all of you to get involved with the podcast. So we will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.